What is going on? You there? One second. Yeah, give me a second. Okay. For some reason, you were very quiet with my headphones plugged in. (laughs) So I unplugged it and plugged it back in, and it worked. There we go. Well, welcome back to the podcast. Um, Yeah, it was a pretty steady week. Nothing too crazy. But some good stuff in there. Yeah, nothing too crazy, all things considered, though. The uh, unfortunate stuff that we knew, well, we didn't know per se, but we had a feeling it was coming. It's about that time. But we'll talk about that. What you mean? But uh, well, there's a couple of things I want to touch on before we uh, get to that. Um, do you have anything to talk about for in terms of figures or any of that stuff? Yeah, so we have a couple pre-orders that went up uh, lately. So we have WWE Ultimate Edition 14s. We have Jeff Hardy, which they don't have an image for that one of what that figure is going to look like, which iteration of Jeff Hardy, any of that, uh, and Roman Reigns. So Hmm. that is up for pre-order. There is also WWE Basic Series 133 that includes Roman Reigns, Finn Balor, Natalia. Stone Cold Steve Austin and Cedric Alexander. And Cedric Alexander has a chase variation in this set. There is also the pre-order for the WWE Showdown Series 10 line. So there is Miz and Bobby Lashley, Omas and AJ Styles, and Hogan and Andre. And lastly, for Collectibles News... AEW Supreme Collection 1, which is AEW's pretty much equivalent to WWE Ultimate Edition figures. We have Cody Rhodes and Britt Baker, both available for pre-order. Looks like those are going to come in right around late September. And that is really everything I have for collectibles there. All right. Well... Get on to some random news now, shall we? I have a couple things. A um, little bit of good, a little bit of bad. And one thing at the end that I want your opinion on. Um, so let's start with the good. Uh, so Riho is coming back to AEW very soon. Uh, she took to her subscriber-only blog and announced she is fully healed up. Be working in AEW and the United States soon. Hmm. She's been injured due to suffering a broken collarbone during her match with Britt Baker at Battle of the Belts in January. So I'm very excited for that. Yeah. Um, and that's really the only good thing I found. So um get towards the bad so it's about that time when WWE starts mass releasing 
came a little bit later than expected. And when I say mass this time around, I'm talking like, let's see how many do I got in this list? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I got about 10 people. Which is a big number, don't get me wrong. Especially with some names on here that are surprising and a little bit frustrating, to say the least. Um, so, here are your releases. Dakota Kai. Malcolm Bivens, though um, he had a slight extension and was not looking to re-sign. So, this one, after having some context, makes sense. Dexter Loomis. Now, if you've been watching NXT, you know that Dexter Loomis is always on NXT. So, this one took me by surprise. And he's in the middle of a storyline, too. Um, following Dexter Loomis on my list, I have Harland. And the reason why he was released is because WWE felt he has not progressed in the ring. I have uh, not seen anything of him to make a comment on that. I have not been able to look at stuff recently to make a comment on that. Um, then we have Raylan Devine, which... Uh, just found this out today. She never had a match before her release. Hmm. Uh, Draco Anthony, uh, Milo Milani, Sanjana George. I feel like I butchered that. Um, Persia Parada and Paige Prinzivali. Yeah, the only ones I know on there are Dakota Kai and Harlan, really, and Dexter Loomis, but I don't know. Uh, Yeah. WWE is letting go of too much, and AEW is taking on too much. Looking at my list I put in the group chat, there's a couple names that are missing. Or they might have different names on the other list. So I'll just read them off anyways. Uh, Vish Kanya. Uh, Stephanie DeLandre. Blair Baldwin. I believe Parker Bordeaux is one of the names that's on there that has a different name. I don't remember who. I think that might be Harland. Yes. Um, Reginald Chase Cruz. Uh, Kelly Morga. And Jalen Williams. Now, I got those names off of a different source when I looked up how many people were released. So, um, I can't remember the source on it. That was uh, Friday, so one, two, three days ago. And I've been doing a lot, so I, I cannot remember the source. I'm sure if I Google it, I can find it. Uh, but yeah, those are the names I found on the releases. But the big ones, big heavy hitters, were Dakota Kai, Dexter Loomis, um, I feel like Draco Anthony. I I, I was uh, I was interested in Draco Anthony and uh, Persia Parada. I'm yeah, not a lot of people were up in arms about Persia. Yeah, and. Um, 
I was going to put Malcolm Bivens on there because, man, that, can, that guy talk, but um, he chose to not resign. So, I mean, I, I can't really include him. And I can't comment on Raylan Devine because he's never had a match. Right. So, compared to other releases, this one isn't too bad, though there are some big names in here, such as Dakota Kai and Dexter Loomis. Uh, And now, um, that's really the worst of the bad news. This one um, is something I found uh, while I was looking for news. Uh, so Nia Jax, she, um, so now what she is claiming as a random tweet about WWE higher ups. She didn't name anyone specifically, but this is what the tweet reads. It's a shame. Some people deserve to get the opportunity to shine like the star. They really are. But unfortunately, certain higher ups can never see past their own perverted ways. Too bad. There aren't, this is her, uh, hers. Her spelling, by the way. I'm reading off what it is. Too bad there aren't the lucky ones who can use blackmail to keep their jobs. I'm sure she meant they are. Well, there are. I don't know what the fuck she meant there. I'll be honest. There aren't the lucky ones. That that, that, that confuses me. And apparently, I, I didn't look for uh, this tweet, but... Uh, this also follows Ember Moon revealing that WWE held a meeting in which women were told how to present themselves as sexier on TV. With reports coming out now that some women refuse to attend said meeting. Yeah, I'm kind of... I don't know. Because... That's, that's what I'm... I'm, I'm, at, I'm at. I don't know. I, I've... If this is true, then like I thought we moved past this in the modern era, but at the same time, like, am I surprised? Really? Kind of not. I'm kind of not surprised. Yeah, I. You know, it's just kind of. I. I'm not disputing it. I'm not saying it hasn't happened, but, you know, I look at people like Natalia, Tamina, mm-hmm. um, and even Nia Jax, too, you know, and Ember Moon, maybe, but they don't wear anything revealing. They're not wearing Mandy Rose level outfits. I, I know what you're saying, yeah. So I, I mean, I kind of maybe they were picking and choosing who they wanted to push for that. If that makes sense. Like maybe they wanted Nia Jax to go that direction. Maybe they wanted Ember Moon to go that direction. I don't know. I don't know though. Um, I, I feel as though by the definition of sexier is how more of they present themselves on, like not just in the ring, but like, outside the ring as well. This is me, like, guessing. Because this is what I have. Yeah, I, I really don't have any other... It, 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 
if this again is this is just hearsay at the moment. I'm I'm more of a wait until there's um there's more people confirming this because so far I have like Nia Jax, Ember Moon, um, who has said something like that, and I don't know what the other reports are. But if this is the case, it's disgusting. We know it's disgusting. We we, we want we don't want to sexualize everything, though we know it's going it's bound to happen anyways. It's the internet. Yeah, it's it's a little odd too, considering now their prime demographic being kids. Right. You know, so it's kind of I mean, I guess I could see where they want to bridge the gap and say, oh, we want to bring in this other demographic, too. But the kids are going to see that still. Yeah. So I I don't know. Um, And the thing that I see, and it really interests me because it seems like every, almost every wrestler that has had major issues in the past, I'm going to say 10 years with addiction or whatever the case may be, DDP has helped them. Mm -hmm. And to go down the list, you got Jake Roberts, Scott Hall, Buff Bagwell a little more recently. And now uh, I did not listen to this one yet. I've been slacking on listening to, the sessions with Renee Paquette, but she had uh, Morrissey on, formerly known as Big Cass, and yeah, DDP helped him overcome his alcohol addiction back in, yep, the quote says May of 2019. Wow. So it's uh, another one to add to the list. It's crazy. DDP is a great guy. Yeah. And you can add um oh I'm blanking. I'm blanking. Um actor uh David Arquette to that list. Yes. I don't know if anything's gonna come up, but I'm gonna look up people DDP has helped and just see if there's more people. Oh, here we go. Top ten people who were saved by DDP yoga from the sportster. Let's see. Shawn Michaels. Michaels was the first ever wrestler to try his brand of yoga when he had his most recent back surgery. So that was more for physical rehabilitation. Yeah. Shawn Leffler. He's an MMA fighter. Let's see. Yeah, it's... Here's another one. Mick Foley. Huh. I didn't know about that one. Goldust. Chris Jericho. Ryback. Oh. Scott Hall. And... Why do they have him self-listed on here? Oh. Number one is literally DDP. What? Why? <laughs> I, I don't know. Speaking of Ryback, um, he was trending on Twitter yesterday or the day before. 
And it was not for uh, good things. Um, it never is. Not, um, said something about the clock is ticking uh, in terms of uh, Vince McMahon uh, and his uh, life expectancy, to say the least. Yeah, needless to say, everybody uh, flamed the ever-living shit out of Ryback. I think at this point he realizes he's beyond hireability for any company. And he's, his relevancy is going to die out with that fact. So he's just kind of throwing this stuff out there now. But it, whether he believes it or not, I think he's playing into it to keep the name rolling. I just shake my head. Like, bro, you, can you just go, like, the rest of your life without saying some dumb shit like this on, like, Twitter? <sighs> That's one. That's not one of the things I had, but you just remind me of it. Yeah, it's it, nobody reports on it because it's just kind of there, and it's at, not really a constant. But like nobody's surprised by it, and it doesn't really need to be brought into the news. No. All right. So my last thing, I want to know your thoughts. So this came out today. I woke up and I see an article this morning that said, "Uh, Kurt Angle." Believes Chris Jericho surpassed Shawn Michaels in being the greatest of all time. And the reason being is because of how he has constantly reinvented himself, and especially with what he's been doing in AEW. He's believed that Chris Jericho has surpassed Shawn Michaels. Now, what are your thoughts, and who do you think is the greatest of all time? And who said this? Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle. Um, I think Sean would have been able to do the same thing if A, his health had held up as long as Chris Jericho's has. Because Jericho's wrestled longer. Right. I will give Jericho that he gets anything over. He got a clipboard over in 2015. But um, sports entertainer, I'll give it to Chris. Wrestler, I think Shawn Michaels is better. Okay. Um. Yeah, I, I think Sean's the better wrestler. I, I just don't. When I think of Shawn Michaels, I think of a bunch of classic matches. When I think of Chris Jericho, I think of really good matches. Mm-hmm. But none that are necessarily on that level. Interesting. Sean is the greatest of all time. I don't think so. I'd really have to think on that. Okay. There's a uh, lot of lot, yeah. There's a lot that goes into that conversation for, like, objectively speaking, the greatest of all time. And I certainly believe that Chris Jericho is phenomenal. And I also agree that, given Shawn Michaels' 
health and um, even if he was a bit younger, um, that he could keep up uh, with today's wrestling. But another thing that I factored when I was uh, reading on this with Kurt Angle was that Chris Jericho, he's almost done it all. So, wrestled in WCW, WWF slash WWE, and was there for a long time. And he's also in AEW, and he's accomplished so much. Granted, I don't believe he's accomplished too much in WCW, because at that time it was ran by, well, the mega stars at WCW. We know who they are. Uh, well, you get to credit some of it too with AEW to the opposite of that problem where he was in charge. To yeah. Now, and I, I'm not saying he wasn't great in what he did, but I think a lot of that too is situation. You know, when AEW was first starting, when he was champion, he was the only guy there that was established. He was the name before right. anybody else really got to establish themselves. So, really, you didn't have another option. And outside of having the uh, AEW world title, I mean, he's still relevant. Even if you want to say it's like mid-card or anywhere on the card, he is still relevant. And his name is constantly talked about. Uh, his promo work is still one of the best, in my opinion. Um, and he, he can keep up especially in modern era. He got the spinning back fist as a finisher. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Grant, Grant, my statement. Uh, granted, Shawn Michaels has also like pioneered so much in wrestling because everybody's doing a super kick because of Shawn Michaels. And be, trying to replicate kind of that showstopper kind of like you got the springboards, you got the outside dives. People kind of moved away from the elbow drop and have transitioned to even crazier dives outside the ring. I don't know. I feel like the conversation is interesting. And I I can't really definitively say, but I would say they're either equal level or um, Chris Jericho is just slightly higher than Shawn Michaels. Don't get me wrong. I like both of them. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I... It it comes down to it comes down to preference, I think. I don't I don't think one side is wrong and the other's right, but Yeah. Well that's everything I got and uh so I'm gonna still have to rely on you for the news. Um Well not news but the results. Yep, let me get them and right. I cannot comment too much on matches and stuff because I have been busy and I've been adjusting um, 
to the time here because I was going to watch Raw on Monday if I could, but I fell asleep. I might not watch it tonight because I have a. And I don't know from there. And I can't watch AEW at my parents, unfortunately. Um, So. I guess I'd be sticking to the YouTube clips and the highlights they put on their channel. Yeah, let me find it. Here we go. I liked Raw this this past week. It was pretty good. Let's uh, see. I did look at some of the results. I know they celebrated Randy Orton's 20th, um, 20th anniversary. Yeah, that was that was all right. Um, I, I'm gonna go over what's notable. All right, just to keep it from being mundane, because I I feel like there's gonna be a couple matches where we're just gonna be treading the same water. But uh, Bianca Belair versus Sonya Deville for the women's championship, the Raw Women's Championship. Um, it is worth noting Sonya Deville made her entrance during a commercial break. Which I is don't like odd. For for a title match, that that should never happen. Even on like the on like Raw or SmackDown. That the champion and the challenger should get their entrances before the break. The only time that should happen is when it's a jobber and a squash match. Yeah. The only mm-hmm. time. Uh the other thing that was not good Carmella and Zelina Vega. So two weeks ago, it looked like the team was broken up. We established that it was pretty much broken up. Uh, they both came out to help Sonya Deville together. So that made no sense. Uh, they were shown after the match talking to Sonya about getting a shot at the women's tag titles. So I guess you know what? together. I I feel like I know what happened in the uh, creative room. So they they looked at the raw, the, not the raw, the women's uh, division, and they're like, um, we kind of broke two of our teams up, and we only have the tag champs. Um, uh, we have plans for these, so we kind of have to do something about it. Let's let's just forget that we broke up. Zelina Vega and Carmella two weeks ago, and we'll bring them back together because we need to have at least one more team in the women's tag division. It'd be fine if there was some continuity to it. If there was something saying, yeah, we had a fight, but, you know, we resolved our issues, whatever. Something that addresses it, and we don't just move on from it with with no explanation. But moving beyond that... Initially interesting match. Uh, we have Veer Mahan in a squash match against two guys. Uh, or no, against one guy, Sam Smothers. That's uh, what a great jobber name, Sam Smothers. Yeah, Sam's shoulders were smothering the mat because <laughs> that's not even a good thing because he made him tap, but whatever. Um, 
Yeah, it's it, another squash match for him. It is fine. It's okay, but I I think they got to pull many, the trigger on something with him. No how many squash out. matches has he had? Two? Two or I, three? I feel, yeah, I feel as though like three squash matches should be the limit. If this is the third one, they need to do something. If this is the second, then. Oh, wait, how many weeks has it been since WrestleMania? Because he's debuted since WrestleMania. Been about a month. So I think it was the first week of April. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, because he had the squashes against Dominic. Yep, he had squash Dominic. So, two or three. Okay. Okay, we had Omos versus Bobby Lashley in the arm wrestling match. (sighs) You know, they did the back and forth. They were milk in the moment and I thought at one point when Bobby Lashley was starting to win that MVP was going to break it up and do the heel thing uh, but they kind of went a different route Lashley just won then Omas attacked him and that was predictable from there uh, <sighs> this reeks of like remember when they compared um the big shows, uh, big shows WMD to Sheamus's broke kick. Yes. Yeah, this kind of reminds me of that. Yeah, it's I don't know. That feud needs to end because I just don't see it going anywhere. Oh, next we have that a double return to Raw. One semi advertised, the other not. Um, so Becky Lynch comes out to the ring first time coming to Raw being on any WWE TV since losing at Mania she looks very glum says she's hit rock bottom that for almost three years without being on Raw without a title she said she doesn't know who she is without it it was a good promo. Um, there's something about Becky's promos that are captivating in the least. And then... Wait. So just did, the way... Before we move on, before the way that, that that promo is structured, you know that's 100% scripted. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah but, I, but she, she has a way with them that makes it bearable at the least. I can't... I, I, like listen to it and get something out of it instead of I don't ever like foresee Becky Lynch as like big time Bex as the heel coming out and just like doing the whole depression act after losing the title. I, I don't I don't see that. I really don't. I get it. I I think it's a interesting storyline to go down, especially with one of the big names in women's wrestling, especially from that era, because you have Charlotte, you got Becky. Um, I don't know if you'd put Bailey in that Bailey and Sasha in that same conversation. I mean, they obviously are one of the big women, but when I say they are that, for a horse woman. Yeah. But what I mean here is Becky and Charlotte majority of the time have a title around their waist and any, 
99% of the time when I think of them in individual matches, it's with that title or titles. Mm-hmm. So to see one of them lose it and to kind of embrace that in a more human way, I guess, is interesting. It's interesting to see what the character arc is going to do. Um, she said that she's going to make a legendary comeback and no one can stop her, and that is when Asuka made her return. Finally. Yes. And I don't know exactly what they're going to do in this feud, but it I'm not complaining. It'll be good to I'm see. I'm not complaining either. It'll be really good to see. Oh, next we had Miz TV. Uh, the Miz with Austin Theory, and they're talking, talking, talking. Uh, just basically congratulating themselves. And then Mustafa Ali comes back. And they took some jabs at him saying, you know, I think the Miz, the first thing he said was, you still work here? And I think one of the last things he said was, when I'm done with you, I'll make you wish you got your walking papers. The Miz just doesn't miss. I don't care if that is scripted or not. He just does not miss. Yeah, it's... I don't know. Oh, let's see here. Theory ends up texting Vince McMahon. Ends up getting Ali a match with The Miz. Um, who won that? It was Ali, right? Yeah, Ali won. Uh, he was going up the ramp, and Champa attacked him from behind. Apparently, he is now just no longer, Yeah, no longer Tommaso Champa, which, oh, boy. It, it, talk about NXT because there is a lot of name changes, and that has been the topic of the week for name changes. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not even going to go there. Uh, to cap off Raw, we have Cody Rhodes, Ezekiel, and RK Bro against Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, and the Usos. Decent match. Nothing crazy. The entrances were long. I want to say at least eight, nine minutes. Um, I don't know. Didn't RKO got the pin for the win to go with his celebration, and it it was nice, but it was expected. Didn't didn't they scrap the the tag title unification at WrestleMania Backlash for a six man tag match? Uh, I am not a hundred percent sure. I don't remember. I don't remember. I feel like that was last week's Raw. It might or, have been. I don't because know. I, I've seen it all like last week, and I was like, 
well, come on. You were this close. I would rather you unify the tag titles. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see what they do. There's nothing we can do about it. <sighs> so for Dynamite, we open up with CM Punk coming out. He is a guest commentator for the Owen Hart Foundation men's tournament qualifier match that opens the show between Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler. Oh, my God. I've watched, like, a bit of this match, and it was so good, especially because they um, they paid tribute to a, a lot of Bret Hart's matches. Yeah, and they even had the uh, pretty close to the logo on their trunks. Yeah. Pretty good match. Um, back and forth. You really didn't know who was going to win this one. Uh Cash reversed a uh, sharpshooter from Dax. And then Dax reversed that into an inside cradle and won. Stax Hardwood is going on. Which is a reference to one of Bret Hart's matches, and I don't remember which one it is off the top of my head, but I know that that is a callback. I could not tell you. I'm not a match historian, so I cannot... Can I recall this sort of stuff? Yeah, that's it was good. I was I was happy with the results for sure. Uh after that we got a video package of Adam Page and CM Punk from last from the week before, uh, with the announcement that at double or nothing they will be having a match for the title, which is awesome. I'm gonna call it now. Punk's gonna I, win. I really think he's going to win it. So my my heart says CM Punk's going to win it, but thinking about it, it's double or nothing. I think Adam Page is going to win it. I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Though I like. I'm I'm not necessarily fifty fifty. I'm like sixty forty. I'm like sixty percent believing Adam Page is going to win it because it's double or nothing, and forty percent um, uh, certain that CM Punk is going to win it. I'm not a hundred percent either way. That's just something I wanted to say now. We will see when it comes. So I don't know how that's going to go. Uh, no way I'm excited. Next, we have the Blackpool Combat Club against QT Marshall, Nick Camarado, and Aaron Solo. Nothing crazy here. Um, I think it was a very average match. Um, Yuta pins Camarado for the win. Glad we have Yuta representing the Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. It, it, there's just nothing really noteworthy to say about it. I just uh, want to see where uh, William Regal's, uh, I guess, stable goes from here. We will see. After that, we have Tony Schiavone in the back with Britt Baker, Tony Storm, and Jamie Hayter. Um, yeah, they... 
go back and forth a little bit. Ruby Soho comes in and backs up Tony Storm, and that's about it. So I'm thinking Tony and Ruby are going to be – or I think Ruby is going to come out for the hater. I apologize um, for the dogs. For the hater Tony Storm match. No worries. Kind of can't control them. Yeah, I I'm intrigued on on that. I'm always intrigued with AEW, except for one feud in particular. But I'm not going to talk about that one. Yeah, I'm going to leave out the Jurassic Express promo because it was pretty much nothing. Mm-hmm. Kind of just filler. Yeah, it's whatever. Um. Yeah, Lance Archer versus Wardlow was next. That was one I was looking forward to. Wardlow won. I, I don't know how to feel about this because it's just putting over Lance Archer. He couldn't get against Adam Page for the title. He hasn't had a win and I couldn't tell you how long on AEW television. Um... Uh, was it Lance Archer or someone else that I said, like, he's kind of like the guy that gets put in the position, like, we got to get somebody over, and who can we, uh, who can afford that loss? And then they look at Lance Archer. Probably. I don't think he can afford many more, though. I don't remember how many episodes that was back, but I feel like it was him, or was it Sean Spears? It might actually be both. It could be either or. They're, yeah. They both get the short end of the stick. Uh, let's see. Next, we have the Jericho Appreciation Society having a pretty much a promo with uh, Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz. They, Santana and Ortiz give Jericho the middle finger. Um, they say a bunch of stuff and yeah, Jericho says he's putting a hit out on Kingston, Santana and Ortiz and Eddie's like, you know what a hit is? And in my world, when you say somebody, you end things and just a bunch of ridiculous stuff. So I, I don't know. It's wrestling world. I feel as though they're really doubling down on the whole sports entertainer thing. So that's totally something that I could see, like that promo, just based off how you described it, is uh, something I really expect on WWE television, which I kind of think it's funny as a parody. But for AEW, I'm kind of like, eh, let's move on. Yeah. It was there. Speaking of moving on. Philly Street Fight, Serena Deeb and Her- Hikaru Shida. As Ooh. much as both performers, they really need to move on. I feel as though uh, I, I really need to watch this match. I need to find some way to watch the full match because I would love to see that. If it wasn't a squash, I'll, I'll preface that now. If it wasn't a squash, I will, watch, I will try to find a way to watch it. It was all right. It, it wasn't anything crazy. 
Standard yep. fire. Um, Serena Deeb won. Ah. Well, relief. Damn. I mean, I know they're kind of pushing Serena D, but damn it. Yeah. Still behind uh, Hikaru Shida. Uh, after this, MJF and Sean Spears are backstage. MJF calls somebody and asks him if he'd like to make six figures for one match next week. And then after that phone call, he says, Wardlow will face a man that is smarter and stronger than him, and you can't teach that. So W. Morrissey is going to face Wardlow next week, it looks like. It's they never said this is the match, but that's that's what they're mostly yeah, That's what they're teasing. Do you think they're going to sign him after the match or sign him before the match? No. Thing is no, going to be like a one-off? Yeah, I think it's going to be a Good Brothers situation where he just kind of comes in where it's when it's fun. When it makes sense. I'm uh, kind of like right there, but I can't really say much until I see the quality of the match and determine like, would I sign that? Yeah. So next, uh, there's a spotlight on the stage. All the other lights are out. Fuego Del Sol is there on the ground. And yeah, that's that was pretty much that's it. <laughs> I, no, I mean it wasn't that wasn't it, but I'm just trying to recall it and not mess it up. My because it was a little complicated. Oh, oh. So Penzo Obscure. I will say if that's that's like one of the greatest fucking segments <laughs> on AW. <laughs> so Penzo Obscuro and Alex, the interpreter guy, manager, whatever you want to call him. Uh, I forget if they were in the ring. I think they were in the ring and they were talking to House of Black and or no, House of Black made it to the ring and there was a hooded guy in the ring and the hooded guy was Alex. No, it wasn't Alex. Alex came out on the ramp and started cutting a promo and then Pentub's hero and Pat come out and then there was a hooded person in the ring takes all the good uh that was about it for that so we'll have a probably a few matches with them so it should be fun uh after this tony shivani backstage with swerve strickland and darby allen they pre- Swerve pretty much says that they are rivals. He's proud of Darby. And then he looks forward to winning on Rampage. And Darby just came back and said, you can't go into every company claiming it's his house, saying AEW is his house and the tournament is Darby's tournament. And that was just a promo for their Owen Hart qualifier on Rampage. I want to see this match. It's it was pretty good. Ten nine tag next. We have Adam Cole, the Bucks, and Red Dragon versus Dante Martin, Varsity Blondes, Lee Johnson, and Brock Anderson. 
you knew who was going to win this. Oh, yeah. You knew what was going to happen. Adam Cole wins over, I believe, Lee Johnson. Lee Johnson wins. And that was about it. The match was okay, but predictable. Very predictable. Uh, after this backstage, Jericho Appreciation Society attacked Santana Ortiz and Kingston. Jericho threw a literal fireball in his face. And yeah. So I don't oh. know that's going to go, but it's getting a little too far-fetched for my taste. Jesus. Uh, just, a, just a little far for me. Uh, um, was it kind of like the fireball trick that uh, I don't know if you've seen this, but like, um, Before. there's a YouTube, uh, yeah, there's like a there's a YouTube video that I watched that like reveals how they kind of like do the the little fireball, kind of like the, what the magicians do, just like a little small fire that comes out. Yeah. Was it kind of like that, or was it a different fireball? Let me go back and look, because I feel like if I watch it again. But you know, you know what sort of magic trick I'm talking about? Because yeah. I believe, believe it was, I could be wrong, but wasn't it Jerry Lawler who did it? Or was he involved in some way or form? Yeah, I remember. All right. So let me, let me go back here. So it looks like Garcia and Hager are holding Kingston up, and Jericho's taunting him. Kingston's on his knees. Jericho, it looks like he strikes a match or something against his jacket and then kind of like throws it at him. And it made oh. So, yeah, it is kind of like, I think it was Hogan. Hogan and Warrior did it. Okay. Something like that. But, yeah, it was, it was kind of goofy. Next, we had the TNT Championship ladder match, Guevara versus Scorpio Sky. Just resolve this. Yeah, please. For the love of God, please. So, new TNT champion, the hot potato title, Scorpio Sky. It wasn't a bad match. It's it's just the way that it's booked. Uh, And if you remember from a couple weeks ago, Kazarian was promised the next title shot, so he comes out. Um, celebrates with Scorpio Sky, and that is the end of Dynamite. Was Dynamite the match where I believe it was where Sammy Guevara like kind of went up a ladder? Um, when Scorpio Sky, this was kind of like a shoot spot, and I see people talk about because it looked ugly from Sammy Guevara while on his end. Or is this another match I'm thinking of? It might be another match. Might be, because... I don't know how much often you watch... Spots in that match. I think... Yeah, Ladder was involved. This could be last week's stuff. And are you talking about two weeks back? 
Or are you talking about like this past week? For the match? Yeah. This past week. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll look at Rampage's card and I'll feel like I'll I'll know then. Yeah. Then I'll talk more about it. Let's go to SmackDown first. All righty. Okay, let me see if this is in order or not. Okay, so we had the Drew McIntyre, Sami Zayn, Steel Cage match. Drew McIntyre won it uh, with a pinfall. Nothing too eventful here. A lot of cat and mouse stereotypical stuff for heel that wants to get away and face that wants to tear into somebody. This is kind of common fare. All right. Ricochet and Shanky for the Intercontinental Championship. Ricochet beat Shanky to retain. Which I would hope that would be the case. Yeah. Yeah, not a bad match. Um, Just kind of Again, just. I hope they do something more with Ricochet and Intercontinental title because he has been like jobbed out for so long, and then he's got the title, and I he needs something to like elevate or at least keep the IC title to its standard. Yeah, I agree. Raquel Rodriguez beat Cat Cardoza in a match. It was kind of a short match. There's really nothing to comment on. They're building Raquel up, which is good. That is good. Uh, Naomi. Don't throw the women's tag division. Don't do it, please, for love of God. Creative team, don't do it. Yeah, please don't. Shayna Baszler and Naomi. Um, nothing. Nothing insane, but it was definitely intriguing to see, and it kept my attention. It was a really good match. Naomi beat Shayna, by the way. By the I would hope that the the one half of the women's tag title, women's tag champions won. God, that was a mouthful. Next, we had Xavier Woods beating Ridge Holland. Okay, so... You know how I not, yep. so not too intrigued with New Day stuff. I'm happy that they, you know, they're kind of doing something with King, not just squashing him after, or just doing some sort of silly nonsense shenanigans with, you know, a whole King shtick. Right. Uh, Seamus beats Kofi Kingston. Oh, this, going nowhere. this next one pissed me off, kind of. Uh, Ronda Rousey beat Shotzi in an I Quit Beat the Clock match. One minute, 41 seconds. Over Shotzi? They buried... No! Yep. Out of anybody, they had to use Shotzi? Yep. That's That's where we're at. With that. Oh, oh my god. And get this Charlotte Flair versus Aaliyah. That match ended 
in a, I guess, a no contest because the time ran out. So she had to beat the minute 41 seconds and didn't. So Aaliyah just lasted a minute and three quarters and won. Oh, my. Why? Why did it have to do some? Oh, I'm so mad because Shotzi can do so much more. I'm more mad at the fact that Shotzi had lost in what a minute and what? Minute forty one seconds. Minute and forty one seconds. Oh my god. Oh, it's Yeah, shall we? So the first thing on Rampage we had the qualifier for the Owen Hart Foundation tournament. Darby Allen's were Strickland started out pretty technical. They were trading holds. Um, couple of failed maneuvers and reversals. Pretty good back and forth. Um, yeah, it just it went back and forth with a lot of energy. You didn't know who was going to keep what for how long as far as momentum mm-hmm. and Darby Allen won. I would be happy with either man winning because I like both of them, but I can see I'm happy. Darby. Yeah. I can see why Darby too. Darby is kind of like the poster child of AEW. So it makes sense. Let's see. Next match, we had Jay Cargill, Red Velvet, and Kiara Hogan against Willow Nightingale, Sky Blue, and Trisha Dora. Uh, this didn't last long at all. I I imagine. Jade beat... Yeah, Jade beat Willow Nightingale via pinfall. There wasn't anything to it. And, yeah. Disappointing, but not surprised. Oh, yeah, same. Next match, we had Keith Lee versus Colton Gunn. Underwhelming. It was, I don't know. It wasn't horrible, but at the same time, it wasn't anything fantastic. Did Keith Lee at least get the win? Yes. Okay, cool. That's all I care about. Yeah, it's that's really all there's is to say about it. Uh, we have a promo next with the Hardy Brothers and Bobby Fish. They're promoting a match on Dynamite, Jeff Hardy against Bobby Fish, I believe. The yeah, it is for the Owen Hart Foundation tournament. Ooh, that uh, one. That- that should be a good match. Uh, after that, we have Dan Housen coming out. Dan Housen and Hook. Oh. It, yeah, he kind of deflects saying they should have the match later. Hook wants the match right then and there. Um, Mark Sterling comes out, says no one wants to see him fight. Tony Nese attacks both of them from behind. Um, 
Hook suplexes niece, Danhausen curses niece and Sterling. Danhausen wants to shake Hook's hand. Hook leaves the ring. So I don't know where they're going. Oh. Oh. Uh, we also got a video package for Mercedes Martinez versus Diana Perazzo for the Ring of Honor women's title that will be on Dynamite this week. That, that should be a good one. Uh, ba, 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 ba. Main event time. Ring of Honor Television Championship. Samoa Joe against Trent Beretta. <sighs> But I think that's obvious. Anything with this championship and with Samoa Joe is going to be predictable right now, so I'll forgive it. Yep. Um, Decent match. Nothing nothing bad about it that I've noticed. Uh, Match. Of course. Afterwards, Shivani is interviewing Samoa Joe, but they're interrupted by Jay Lethal and Satnam Singh. And, yeah, they get into this big fight, and they go off the air. And that ends Rampage. Ah. Nothing insane this week, but some really good solid stuff for for results. Um, I'm looking at the time that we recorded, and I think I'm going to hold off on the thing that I want to talk about when – and uh, mentioned uh, Sammy Guevara because it was that match he had with Scorpio Sky um, after we went through the car with Rampage. But I'll say that for next week. Um, the reason why I wanted to have a little bit of that conversation is because um, have you seen uh, the What Culture video with Simon Miller where it's like, uh, why has wrestling gone too far or something like that? I have not. It's got Sammy Guevara on the thumbnail. Um, I, if you haven't watched it, uh, just kind of like prep for next time we record, I would give it a watch because it, it's interesting what he talks about. Hmm. So, though it could be a pretty good discussion. Yeah, I'll have to look into that before our next uh, our next recording. But yeah, with that, that finishes out the news for this week and everything that I had to say. Yeah, I've talked about everything I wanted to really go over for this past week. Uh, I'm really hoping WWE don't cut anybody from the main roster in the next in this coming week. Please don't, because it's not going to be fun to talk about. Not at all. That was the last of it for now. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. But with that, uh, we will catch you guys next week for another episode. See you later.